Welcome to the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. I'm Jack O'Brien, Finance Editor for Health Leaders. My guest today is Ann Duffy, CFO of Cottage Hospital based in Woodsville, New Hampshire. Ann, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We are currently recording this at the 2021 Health Leaders Spring CFO Exchange at the Naples Grand Beach Resort in Florida. This marks Health Leaders' first in-person thought leadership events since the 2020 Winter CFO Exchange, which was held in New Orleans one month before the domestic spread of COVID-19 began. We're thrilled to be able to interface with our community of hospital and health system finance executives in person and hear how they've dealt with the unprecedented challenges related to a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. With all that in mind, I want to start a conversation there, but obviously, Anne, it's your first time being here and being a part of this community. I, before we get into any of the questions, just you know, how was your experience? Well, I know we're on the last day here. How was the exchange for you? The exchange has been great. Yeah. Being my first time, I really didn't know what to expect. So the format, you know, the, the thought leadership and the different CFOs from various size organizations has been, you know, really um, interesting to speak with different people and realize that we're all big or small are facing the same challenges. Mm-hmm. What were some of the highlights from your perspective? I mean, I know that we do a lot of discussions with different leaders. There's obviously the networking aspects. You know, what as a first time, we're always curious how how it is for you. So, what were some of the highlights in terms of either the discussions or you know the different topics touched on? Yeah, yesterday um, the the morning sessions around the challenges and just having the roundtable open discussion around the challenges we are all facing. And then coming back and presenting solutions, um, I found that, you know, very valuable. And again, seeing that there were a lot of similar challenges we're all facing and being able to hear some other facilities solutions and ideas they have and had that I maybe hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Well, that's obviously always something that we focus on here and being able to connect leaders to obviously identify those challenges and then put some solutions together too. So kind of going back to the challenges, obviously you're in a unique position. We have a whole spectrum of, of hospital leaders that we bring across here. Some their systems, some of their smaller hospitals. Obviously you're a rural hospital up in New Hampshire. Can you kind of walk me through, everyone's had a unique experience with the pandemic. Can you kind of walk me through what that was like at Cottage and, and how you were able to navigate the organization through that from a financial perspective? Sure. So for Cottage, you know, we're an independent standalone hospital, one of just a few left in New Hampshire that are not affiliated um, with a larger health system. And that has its pros and cons. And one of the biggest benefits of, of that is we are able to be nimble and we can move quickly and adapt quickly. And we stood up our incident command in the end of January of 20, uh, pretty early on. Uh, very, um, our CNO was um, right on top of it. So we, we felt we were you know, as prepared as we could be going into this. Our staff was phenomenal and our community just really embraced the hospital. And, you know, I think on, on the positive side of the pandemic, I think it, for the community, it gave them a new appreciation for their community hospital. And um, everyone really came together and, and helped their neighbors and, and helped each other. Um, and from a financial standpoint, you know, we saw incredible, you know, 55% decrease in volume when the elective surgeries all, you know, came to a halt. 
but we were very proactive in communicating with our community and educating them and letting them know we were still here for them. Their hospital was here. We were still open. Don't be afraid to seek care. So we, we just let them know what our safety precautions were and what their experience would be when they came back. So the, to try to alleviate that fear to, to get people um, back into the system. And that was such a big topic of conversation yesterday was kind of that trust aspect with the community, being able to say to the patients, you're safe to come back in here, there's not a risk of getting COVID. That's, that's so interesting to hear. I know that we kind of focused on the past. I'm curious right now, you talked about obviously the volume decreases and, and everyone's kind of highlighted that here, but where does Cottage stand now from a financial perspective? Is it kind of stabilized or there's still obstacles ahead? We, we're, we're doing pretty well. We've stabilized for the most part. Our primary care volume is still down. There are still, there's a segment of the population who are still waiting to get vaccinated mm-hmm. um, and still have some fear of coming out. Um, so we, we see those volumes uh, haven't quite gotten back to pre-COVID numbers. Our ED volumes are down. And I, I heard a lot of that. Uh, over the last couple of days from other CFOs that that seems to be a trend, um, not just with us, and also a trend as a result of the lower utilization in the ED is we're seeing more inpatient acute stays. So we're seeing higher acuity patients. They're staying longer. So that volume is up. We also have an um, inpatient geriatric psychiatric unit that during the pandemic are we weren't able to take admissions as easily. And then we were having difficulty discharging, finding placement because there were nursing homes and whatnot that weren't taking them in. So we're starting to see that alleviate and we're able to have more admissions and discharge more within our normal length to stay in that unit. So it's kind of a work in progress. If it anything. is. Yeah. It is. It's, Every day, every day something changes. Uh, and like I said, we have to be nimble. We had to be nimble pre-COVID just because healthcare is always changing, but this has mm-hmm. just brought it to a whole nother level. And from day to day, guidance changes and we, do, we have to go with the flow. <laughs> it's funny that you talk about something from, uh, from the past kind of being accelerated by COVID. Obviously the industry was consolidating rapidly prior to 2020, there were just factors in place that were, you know, obviously accelerating M&A activity, consolidation, you being a rural hospital in a state like New Hampshire, which doesn't have a lot of hospitals, but does have big systems. Obviously, New England's got its own consolidation factors. What are your thoughts on, on kind of where that's going, certainly from a rural health perspective? And what does that mean if, say, there is this uptick in M&A? What does it mean for an organization like Cottage? Yeah, for us, because we are independent and it's our strategic goal to remain independent uh, and not affiliate with a uh, larger health system. So it's always at the top of our mind on how we can stay relevant and stay profitable um, and you know still perform the services that we need for our community. And you know we're really just focusing on things we do well and, you know, investing in our outpatient 
services, our primary care, our specialties. Um, you know, we know that the, the inpatient um, volumes, you know, we've, we've seen a decline in those over time, although we have been busy during this period, mm -hmm. you know, like we just spoke about with the COVID. But, you know, we have to look at the long-term picture and always be evolving towards more of that population health, value-based care model, even as a critical access hospital, you know, we have that, you know, a bit of that safety net uh, being a critical access hospital and, um, you know, the cost-based reimbursement that we have, but it's, it's a balance, you know, all of it is, is a balance. And we'll be right back after this short break. Hi, I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor at Health Leaders. Don't miss the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Podcast, which drops the second Tuesday of every month. You'll get to hear Revenue Cycle executives sharing their innovative ideas and proven strategies for tackling big issues like price transparency, denials management, surprise billing, artificial intelligence, and so much more. Subscribe and listen to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Well, you kind of talked about the the move, and I know that's the conversation I heard a lot from the CFOs these past couple of days. Is the move from inpatient to outpatient? Certainly, we just heard about the move towards like ambulatory uh, surgery centers and stuff. Where do you see opportunity for growth? You know, certainly as a provider organization, uh, as a rural provider organization, but just a, a health system in general. Where do you see opportunities for growth? Is it more in those kind of lower cost settings of care? Is it is it virtual care? Where are you looking at saying next five years that's someplace we could go? Virtual telehealth um, is an area we have pre-pandemic, we did very little. We had some virtual visits in our ED um, for uh, psychiatric mental health, uh, telehealth, and that's really all we had. And then COVID came and, you know, okay, we had the big nimble being, mm -hmm. you know, adapting quickly, stood up telehealth. We had telehealth in our primary care, our special specialists, orthopedics, behavioral health. And it, it did very well for a while. And then it, the behavioral health piece has continued. That seems to be a population that has really grasped the telehealth um, service. Mm -hmm. And our providers providing the service have found it very valuable to, as well. They're able to actually see the patient in their home and get that sense of more getting to know their patient. So I see telehealth as a investment we'll continue to make, and we have to work with our community, our local town managers and city managers, because we are so rural, we have broadband issues. Mm -hmm. So there have been monies that have been brought into the state as a result of COVID to invest in broadband. So that's really important for us and for us as a hospital being, you know, the largest employer and, you know, the community hospital, we need to be part of that conversation uh, and to help move that along so that we can provide those services mm -hmm. to, to our patients. Um, we've done some more, uh, more home visits during COVID. You know, we had a couple of primary care providers that would do some home visits previously, but we've seen an uptick in that. 
So I see that as an area for us to continue to explore and perhaps build upon. We purchased a van. Mm -hmm. Transportation issues are a lack of transportation, lack of public transportation. We don't have public transportation. We don't have taxis. So we've invested in a van um, and so we can assist getting patients, you know, to their appointments. And we're also looking at using it to, to go out and provide some mobile services. I, I want to end our conversation and, and I've really appreciated just kind of giving us the flavor of what's going on at Cottage, what the past year has been like and everything. Anytime I speak to a rural hospital executive, I always want to leave it up to you to just to address your peers that are going to be listening to this conversation and reading the Q&A if they go on our website. Just any sort of advice that you would pass along to them or anything that they should understand about where rural uh, hospitals are at this moment in time. It's a challenge. You know, we're closing all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say collaboration. And for us as an independent hospital, and you know, we're not affiliated with any other health system in that way, but we do collaborate with our peer hospitals. You know, we don't so much look at them as competitors, but we collaborate. We may not need a dermatologist five days a week. We need a dermatologist one day a week. So we partner with the resources that you have in your area to provide the services that your community needs. Mm. That would be my, my best piece of advice is that collaboration with your community and your, the members of your community. Excellent. Well, and I appreciate so much you being on the podcast, you being at this exchange, being able to offer your insights and, like I said, be able to interact with our other leaders there. So we hope to see you at future exchanges as well and certainly appreciate you being on the podcast with us. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thank you to those in our audience and keep taking care of your patients and each other.